Well, I am Dr. Agosta Igbinoba, and I am the CEO and founder of Passion Fire Enterprises LLC. So Passion Fire Enterprises is a the a parent company for all of my ventures, um, two of which are Holt Punk Boutique, where I sell women's affordable accessories and apparel, and then also Evolution Training and Management Solutions, which is my education management consulting company. And I'm also a uh, actually a vocal performer, so there's also Passion Fire music. So Passion Fire Enterprises has has three DBAs, and they all speak to my three passions, which are education, um, fashion, and music. This this is this is diversified game game a podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kelly, and today on Diversified Game, we're just going to go all the way around the world and really hit on some points from Africa to entertainment to education. As you see, Dr. E, Dr. Iagosa, she's going to give us the game on everything that she has going on, and it's a lot. She's a trained vocalist, as you have heard in the beginning, and I met her, and I am a new member joining her with the... Miami Dade Chamber of Commerce. And anything can happen on Diversified Game, and it shall, but we'll make it right. Dr. E, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. When I met you in Tallahassee, I told you, um, I just knew, I said, okay, we're going to be connected. It was, you know, and then when you showed me your businesses, I said, okay, she's out of the box. She, she's a, I don't want to call you a punk, but it's part of your business name, but you know, she, punk rock, rock spirit. Let people know kind of, you know, where you're, you're from and how you went from, you know, doing music to being a, a PhD and a, then a businesswoman and entrepreneur. You're Nigerian, so it's in your blood, but give us the game. Yes, I'm Nigerian, so it's in my blood to have five, six jobs, trying to hustle all the time, coming up with something new. And then it doesn't it doesn't help that I'm also an artist, so my mind is already all over the place. But I, I'll start from the beginning. I've, I'm born and raised in, in Miami, Florida. And I, again, like you said, I'm Nigerian. My father is Nigerian and my mother's African-American. So they they found each other across the ways in the 70s and then... Here comes me. So, you know, I'm just I'm a product of that of that late 70s love <laughs> coming coming out. That's probably that probably speaks to who I am too. But um yeah, so I I went to Howard University actually on a full scholarship to study biology. But once I was in the program for a year, I was like, do I want to do this for the rest of my life? And I'm I'm still very much interested in science and math, but something about that artistic side was calling me because I had been singing publicly since the age of 11. And so I actually switched my major to jazz studies. And my dad, as our most African uh, children can testify, was livid. He was like, what? You're not going to be a doctor? Because my dad has a PhD, actually, in engineering. So he just was looking. He just knew he was going to have a medical doctor. And he was so upset when I changed my major. But he got over it. And he 
he understood that I needed to to follow my passion. So I did that. I um I got a master of music also, and um, that led me into teaching. So I was a public school teacher in D.C. and and in um South Florida briefly, but um I was a public school teacher and. Okay, so here's where things just start start turning turning weird and just how life can take you in different directions and you never know where you'll end up. So public school teacher, and guess what area starts to be the first one to be cut when they're trying to cut budgets? I'm, I was a music teacher, the arts. <laughs> so it came a time when I could no longer be a music teacher, but they had a programming where um, if your position is being accessed from your school, you can go into the system and you can look for um, another job. And at the time, all of the music positions were part time, which meant I would have to spend the beginning of the week at one school and the end of the week at another school. And I said, oh, my gosh, I, I don't know if I can do this. I'm going to be too tired. This is going to be too much, too much confusion. Let me try to find a full time position at one school. The only thing I could find was a business administration position. And I actually had been a business minor when I was at Howard. So I ended up being a business teacher for five years. And during those years, I was working on my doctorate, which is in education leadership. And so business teacher, I found lots of success. I actually found that I really loved um, business teaching and it actually got me into more into entrepreneurship. I taught entrepreneurship. Um, and actually then once I finished my doctorate, I was ready for another change because of course the artist in me, just the wanderer in me, I, I needed another change. And so I left teaching and went into education consulting. And that's where I started off with the education consulting side of the business. Fast forward, I did that for a few years. Family, um, some family things forced me to move back to Miami from the DC area. And then here comes COVID. COVID hits. I'm, I need something else to do. I'm looking for what to do. There's no way to, the music wasn't happening at all <laughs> because venues were shut down. And so I started the online retail because in the face of COVID, retail online did not suffer at all. It actually grew exponentially because everyone was shopping online because the uh, brick and mortar stores were closed. And so I start, that's how I started that. So long story to get me to where I am from music, to, well, from science to music, to business, to fashion. And now I'm here with, with basically three parts of a, of a parent company that speak to all of my passions. And I'm ready to move on for this, this next part of my life, actually doing things that make me happy and having more freedom than I've ever had in in my life to really live and enjoy my everyday rather than um and in that nine to five space so that's where i am now now i want to touch on piece by piece you, you had some points but i know like toby when you said you wanted to be a musician i know <laughs> That's Toby, your Nigerian brother, whatnot. You guys go check out, you know, a million and all everything else he did, you know, talking about how his mama thought he was a joke and that, but Erica Badu said he was, um, you know, what did she say? He was dope. That was the name of the song, I'm dope. Um, 
that how did you break away from you're Nigerian in America, it's about the money, oh, get the money. How did you break away and, and, and do you have any tips for any other, you know, young Nigerian women or even African women, period, who are being pressured into a field that they really may not like? Here's what I can say. I can say that I, I'm still about the money <laughs> because I want to, uh, you know, I like nice things, but I want to be able to get them legally. I don't want to have to look over my shoulder. Um, and I've always been into nice things and a hustler. I've always found ways to make sure I had money in my pocket. There's been hard times, but um, and, I'm, and I haven't been rich yet, but I plan on being but I've always been able to keep a roof over my head and the heads of my children and, and so forth. But I think that if I wish I would have known then what I know now, which would have been to, to go after my passion even sooner. I feel like I wasted so many years in the rat race and trying to please others and trying to, um, oh, you know, just work this job so you can have a retirement. And it took... Let me see. It, it took some tragedies um, that I was able to witness, not so much some from my personal tragedies, but other tragedies that I was able to witness that affected other people that made me say life is just too short. And we only, you know, we may while we may believe um, in a measure of reincarnation and this and that, what good is it to me if I'm not going to remember <laughs> If I do come back, I, won't, I might not be able to remember. So let me live this one right here that I'm that I'm in right now to the fullest while I can. So um, saying that, like uh, tragedies that led me there. So um, and these may be things that a younger woman may not have experienced yet, but I'll say them now. So it's, you don't have to experience it. Someone's telling you so that you don't have to go down the same road. I've seen so many people who worked hard and they worked for decades. And it was actually um, my best friend. We were in the process of, um, well, you know, like she and with me supporting and listening and, and getting ready to be of whatever assistance I could, um, planning her mom's retirement party. And her mom had worked decades in the, um, in the Miami-Dade County public school system. Decades of work, ready to retire. This was her last year. And she passed away um, right before the school year started. It was going to be her last last year of working, ready for that retirement. And so it's like, I looked at that and I'm like, oh my gosh, like she never got to enjoy her retirement. And so I looked at that and said, wait, do I really want to be, you know, do I want to be working in a job that's just so that I can have a retirement? Or do I want to go after my passions and live every day um, and then, you know, continue to plan for the future, but also living for today and not stuck in, in that nine to five space. Um, also, I always hear people say the money will come. And, and it's so true. Like you might hear it. And in the moment, maybe you got a light bill and maybe you 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 would like to go on a vacation today. But if you really immerse yourself into what you really love to do, the money will come. Don't um, don't be in a job for money. And you and so many people you can see 
especially in the pandemic, began to wake up and realize people walked away from six figures, seven figures, walked away from the job that their degree was connected to, and they left because the pandemic made them realize that tomorrow is not promised. So I would say to, to any young woman, the money will come, um, multiple streams of income so that perhaps um, when one is not doing so well, but that's truly your passion and you're waiting for it to blow up, you have something else that you're doing that that can that can also you know, pay the bills because you don't, you know, you don't want to be homeless while you're waiting for your dreams to come true. But just um, making sure that you really do immerse yourself in what truly makes you happy, because tomorrow is just not promised. And and speaking from a female perspective, and the men might not like this, but also do not waste your time <laughs> like I did with men who are not on the same page as you. You got to find someone who's whose dreams align with yours. And even if you two are working in different fields where that they truly support you and what you'd like to do. And it's not just a one-way street with you giving up everything to support someone else. And then when they get on, they leave you mm, for not even in my, she might not be white, but she just might be somebody else. <laughs> they they get on and then they move on and you're like, wait a minute, but I'm the one that, that showed you how to do that. You know, so just saying that, that that's some of the advice that I would have for, for um, my young sisters out there. Don't, don't waste time. Time, time is your most valuable asset right now. Amen to that. And, you know, in doing entrepreneurship, the beauty is you get to kind of create your own thing in life. You get to create who's to say your relationship has to look like somebody else's. And it also doesn't have to all be posted on Instagram and TikTok, folks. I know y'all mm -hmm. folks hugged up and kissed up. I just look at my watch because what are you showing the world? What witty, witty, witty done down. Why do I need to see all that? Focus on that bag, focus on that the, the family and teaching them. I'm gonna disagree with you that you may not be you may not be rich yet because you moved during a pandemic where in South Florida home prices and rentals even were higher than high. So how did that transition work? How much time did you take to say, I'm gonna, you know, in a, a tragedy? in an emergency possibly i'm going to move down with children because a lot of people are scared to move a lot of entrepreneurs know they need to get out of california my family members y'all know you need to leave california but you won't leave so what how quick and you know and how easy was it for you to find a new place to live so let me give you some uh perspective about that I actually began, my move took some months because I actually had lots of roots. I had spent about the better part of 20 years in the DC area, um, being originally from Miami. And like I said, family, some some um, unexpected family changes caused me, and that's a whole nother, uh, <laughs> that's a whole nother segment there, what caused that move. But um, I, I had to move abruptly and that happened over the course of a few months at the end of 2019. So it wasn't actually during the pandemic, which we can say in the United States started in March of 2020. So um, I was moving over the course of that time and the move was sort of finalized by November of 2019. 
But guess what I had to do? I had to humble myself and go from a four bedroom, three and a half bathroom house back to a room in my parents' house. So here are me my and my three children, uh, one of which is a grown man <laughs> in my parents' house in a room. It, I had to humble myself, but I knew I had to start. Um, I needed to start from somewhere. Um, once I was able to, I, I was able actually able to sell my home in Maryland, and that's what gave me the money that I needed to be able to get my own place. So I got a nice apartment um, in in here in South Florida, and then boom, pandemic hits. I lose my um, contract work that I had been working on. That was my main source of income. I, I had to do something. So that's how the pandemic actually pushed me into online retail. Like I said, music was dried up. Venues are closed. Nobody's performing. Only people getting money online was people who were already famous because they were doing verses and all that stuff. But any like independent artists, there were no weddings happening. You know, the usual things that independent artists do. We, we sing at weddings. We do festivals. We, you know, the, the, that type of thing. All of that was shuttered and closed. And so um, I did have my own place once the shutdown happened, when the country was shut down. But um, also what happened, and this is another thing, which was another sort of tragedy that turned into a triumph. I got deathly ill with with um, COVID in March of 2020, at the end of March of 2020. And I will tell you at that time, they weren't, there weren't even enough tests in the country. They didn't really know what they were dealing with. This was the very beginning of the pandemic. I was so sick. Um, I started to feel symptoms and I said, oh, maybe I just have the flu. Um, but then I knew that it was not a flu when I actually woke up um, the second night after I started feeling symptoms. I woke up and I had drenched my bed with sweat. And I'm talking about my nightgown was like as if I had jumped in a pool. And some people, you can't even imagine that that much sweat can come out of your body. That's how sick I was. I was taking Motrin, but my fever was still 101.9, even with Motrin. Um, I went to the emergency room. Well, I went to urgent care first and they, they did a test and they didn't have COVID tests um, at the time. They said, we, you're, we're go well, we have to give you a presumptive diagnosis for COVID because we've tested you for strep and we've tested you for flu and you don't have either one of those. But we can't waste a test on you because you're under 65 and you have no underlying conditions. So this was a time in the country where literally they were withholding tests unless they thought you would you were going to die. <laughs> and so um, and they also did a chest X-ray and I didn't have um, pneumonia. And so um, they were like, just go home. You'll feel better in a week or so. And I'm I'm grateful to God because so many people who experienced that same thing didn't make it. I was watching the news and in Louisiana, how they were sending black folks home. Oh, just go home. You'll be fine in a few. And then people were dead in, in five days. And I can tell you, COVID is not the flu. So I don't know what people's, um, you know, beliefs might be about COVID. It's not a joke. It's not made up. It's real. How you face, how you determine that you're going to deal with it because it's here and we all have to just deal with it is your business. But please stop with the narrative that is something that's fake because um, I was almost up out of here. <laughs> and once I was able to recover, I think I, 
I actually coughed. I had an ongoing lingering cough for two months to the point where I almost my I had lost my voice because I had been coughing for for two months. Um, so it, it was a mess. But March, when I got sick, April, and then I launched my business once I was bit feeling better in May because I was like, tomorrow's not promised. And I can tell you that I was laying in my bed. This was during the shutdown, everything's shut down. And I had just had a vid, I was at, I was just reaching out to the universe saying, what can I do? What can I do? I feel like I'm, I'm not progressing. What can I do? There's no music work out here. Nobody's really hiring for consultants because they're just using people that they already had because they can't even go to the office to make new contracts, you know, so everything was stuck for a while. And so like a vision just came over me and a voice said, do, do, um, sell, why don't you sell online? You like fashion? You, you can, you can do this. And even the name of the boutique came to me and said, this, this is what you'll do. And this will be your, this one will be your, your ongoing that, um, will always be something that you can fall back on while you're, doing the other things. And so that's why I talked about those multiple streams, have multiple hustles if you're going to be an entrepreneur, unless you are one of those breakouts that becomes a millionaire the first year that you start. Those are those people are the lucky ones. But if, if not, you might have to grind for some years, but just have multiple things so that when one is, um, you're working on one, something else is, is pulling in the income. I know I a, talk a lot, but you know. No, a, amen. Do you do it's storytelling, and that's how people learn. And and you know, with those sweats, if you've got any of those night sweats, some is telling me this is for a young person, especially a young man listening or watching. But them sweats that you have, keep in mind, uh, HIV can give you them same sweats. So if you clear yep. COVID <laughs> and you say it's all good, it's all good. Remember that you still need to you know wrap it up, protect yourself, and be be honest. Um, so I, I'm glad yeah. that you are here. Thank God for that. Now you are, you have told your parents, you know, okay, I'm not going to probably have a traditional route. I'm going to go somewhere else. What type of rocker are you? Cause I see you doing like the jazz or the, in the different genres mm -hmm. but to use the word punk. I just want to know why why did you use that word? Because I was expecting to see you doing some rock and roll too and some, oh, you know. with, with the music. Oh, I, I love rock and roll. Actually, I do I, I am going to um I have a vision. I, I'm you know, you you can understand it's always just ideas swirling and like, oh, I want to do this. I want so one of my um one thing I'd like to do to reintroduce myself musically is to um do just some recordings and just put them on YouTube, like just hire a band go in the studio and record some music and i definitely will be doing some 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 i would say funk rock is more my thing my speed like um some of what they were doing in the 70s um with with rock that had that funk tinge to it but punk even though and here we go with you know these names and these words that people can make it negative or make it positive if you'd like i know sometimes people use punk in a negative way i don't use it that way i use it for the original meaning which i understand to be um that do-it-yourself attitude that going against the grain um and and just non-conformist so that's how that's what i see um punk as so that's why you see that name. My brand is um, edgy, eclectic, and um, embellished. 
edgy, embellished, eclectic. Those are the three terms that I that I say define my brand. And so that's why I use the the word um, that that punk word. Really, just the nonconformist people who aren't afraid to stand out and go against go against the grain. I love it. I love it because I mean, punk has many meanings, and I just wanted to know because I don't think I've uh, met another especially black woman who has, you know, has put that together like that. Now I have to let people know, cause I know you, you, you hear it or you're watching it. I know most of you are listening, especially our latest partners at AYV radio in Freetown, Sierra Leone. Thank you for tuning in. But I want to know with, you know, doing business and also you guys can't necessarily see this, but being an attractive woman, how has it been trying to navigate in business? Because whether you're in America or if you try to do business in Nigeria, you're one of those women, you're going to stand out. And, you know, um, Beyonce would have to move over, right? If they really saw, uh, you know, what, what we know. So I want to know, like, being a woman, how has it been? Because you don't run from your look, but you also back a lot of qualities and skills and brightness with it. But do is, is, are we at a point where men are like, okay, for the masses, yeah, okay, I respect you first. You can look like that. You're gonna stand out no matter what you wear. Um, have they accepted it and also been respectful? Um, let me say, well, it just depends. I think because people are people and people are dynamic. And so you get what you get depending on the person. So I can't even put a blanket over it and say men are this or women. Are. What I can say is that um, I think that not being afraid to be myself and on a given day, my hair could be a certain color. Um, on a given day, I might have on my lashes. You know, I may wear big earrings, um, you know, before masks. I might have a, a loud lipstick on or, or um, as you can see, always with some large earrings on. The It can be a good and a bad thing. The good is that it, it causes people to notice when you walk into a room. They notice you. And so the, um, they they actually look forward to talking with you and seeing where you're coming from. Whereas if you're hiding behind, um, you know, a bland suit or you're just looking like everyone else, it might be a little bit harder to be noticed. And I, I'm just being authentically myself because I'm an artist and I just have always had my style is my style. So it's my style when I'm in the boardroom. It's my style when I was in the classroom. It's my style, uh, you know, in, in whatever I do. But it the first thing is, is that it helps you to, to be noticed. Um, as far as relationships with men, you know, I hate to say it, <laughs> but we all know that, that I would say a large percentage of men the first thing on their mind when they meet a meet a, a curvy woman is not how can we work together <laughs> with with business. But I think as a woman, the thing that you have to do is determine what is your focus. And because you can't control others, you can only control yourself. When you see that someone's going down a line that you don't want to go down, then you just excuse yourself from that conversation. Or you can um or if someone's being insulting to a point that you can speak up for yourself and say, hey, you know, you, you've gone too far. Um, but for the most part, I would say, I think um, 
The first thing is that I'm noticeable when I come into a room. And for the most part, people want to, that makes them want to talk to me. And then once they talk to me, then that's where I can take the reins and say, here's what I have to offer. And people can, and then they can start to see who I am and, and what I'm about from there. So I think, um, like I said, you dealing with different people, you have to just determine what their intentions are uh, and, and whether they align with yours. And then you act accordingly because you can't control, you can't control them. Awesome. And I'm, and she could teach any young ladies who are even maybe the young men who say, I don't know what's appropriate. My granddaddy act one way, but my uncle say we can't say that anymore. Dr. E, you know, you guys reach out to her. Uh, links will be in the description. She can teach that. So, you know, you have a lot going on with your educational platform. Um, where, what does, where is your focus? Where can they, you know, find out more about it, subscribe, maybe buy a package or, you know, get, get help. Okay. Well, well, um, right now my focus with the education management consulting is, is training, um, research and, and program improvement. So right now I'm doing some subcontracting work at the federal level. Um, I'm working for a contractor and, and, and subbing some of their work. Um, but on the other end, I'm working on developing my own business to try to be a prime contractor. So I'm working more with trying to secure um, go government contracts with actually locally here, the school board, as well as the county. And then I'll be looking at the state and federal levels. But I also work with small businesses and any organization that needs professional development, um, training services, curriculum writing, program improvement, program implementation, um, any of those things. So I, I'm open to working with small businesses as well as government um, organizations with my education management consulting. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my, my website for education management consulting is um, evolutiontms.com. That's for Evolution Training and Management Solutions. And um, you can find me on LinkedIn if you want to have a conversation uh, or an inbox me about your needs and, and what I can do to help you find solutions to any problems that you're experiencing with your programming. I want you to educate the young people because I think government contracting should be a class taught in middle school, if not high school at the latest. Um, you can throw out that lame as a rob and all that other stuff that no one uses, but this government contracting has a language of its own. And somebody who, you know, uh, right before 30, right before 40, excuse me, found that he had dyslexia uh, and said, man, they, but everyone laughed. And I would tell him like, maybe I have that, right? They'd be like, how oh, you can't finish a grad program in, in that amount of time and have dyslexia. And I'm like, well, you can if you have your own ways of studying. And so can you tell the young people what type of money is in contracting in the way you're doing it? Because when I tell people I have seen the government with my PTAC advisor pull up a contract for $40,000 to create a Twitter and they couldn't make one tweet or they would have been out of compliance. This is how your government can sometimes waste money. People are like, no. So can you tell people the type of contracts that you've seen and that you go after so they can be inspired to say, you know what? 
Maybe I need to learn what a source of SOT is. I need to learn what a, a RFP, RFQ, RFI mm -hmm. is. And you don't have to wait, people, for a teacher to teach you because you got YouTube University. But give us the game on, you know, some of the monies that you have seen, maybe that you've even been a part of. Yeah, so what I can tell you is that there have been many a millionaire made off of government contracting alone. Um, I didn't even know about the world of government contracting until I, like I said, was finished with my doctorate and I, I needed something different than classroom. And so that's where I made the leap from teaching in public schools to going into education consulting. And I actually worked for, I was just applying for jobs, but then when I got a job with which I then began to understand, I was working for a government contractor. I was actually working at the Department of Labor, um, the U.S. Department of Labor for a contractor. And what I started to see was that our government runs on contracts. Now, there are a lot of federal workers that are doing their jobs, but for the most part, the operations of the government are contractors who are there, who have to do the work because although the government is large, they can't do everything. And so they hire contractors to get work done that the government needs to get done. And so when I say government, that includes, now think about there's federal, so that's a whole set of money there. Then you got your counties, that's a whole set of money, your states, governments and then even local governments all of them contract folks to get work done when you see the sidewalk um that has a little 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 crack in it and it's got to be fixed for the most part that's going to be a contractor it's not um even if they're in a um city truck sometimes it's a contractor that's been given the right to use that city emblem on the truck that's fixing the sidewalks is a contractor that is um, painting the lines in the road. There's a contractor and not even, those are just services now to talk about products. The toilet paper at the, at the courthouse, that's a contractor. The ink pens, the paper, the government doesn't make paper, they buy it. They buy it from a contractor. So you, you've got this whole, millions, I'm not even, but billions of dollars out there waiting for, um, and most of people of color are not the ones getting the contract, which is why there are some set-aside programs that say you have to give a percentage of these contracts to people of color. Um, and so the, mo the money is there. It's just a matter of getting out there and, like you said, learning the process of, um, of getting those contracts. And so what I'm doing now is, um, like I said, I've been doing some work. I've done pretty well, but I've got my sights on on some on the big bucks and going after those those uh, the the big boys, should I say? So I've I've done very very well in my and this has been my first year after the pandemic where I could go hard on it, and I did I did very well. So now that's why I'm looking to be a prime contractor um, rather than a sub, because that's, you know, that's another level of money-making, right? Hey Amen, it's, it's, it's another um, way of, um, you know, it's more pressure as well. I tell people all the time, the sub money is cool enough with, for, for us at one time where, hey, I'm cool if they gonna keep paying this, 
but I know a lot of primes who, you know, they, they millions, 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 mm-hmm. but they've also had to pay back millions. And even some who've had to go directly to jail because this is a game of monopoly. So you guys, when you get this, it's not a get rich quick. You really need to oh, learn the no. terms <laughs> and, and it's, it's not easy to get into. This is the mob. And when they open up the books, either you let in or, you know, you keep pushing. With all the success that you've had, and I know, you know, things are rebuilding and the best is yet to come. What does a community give back that you're doing or that you would like to do in the future? I can tell you some things that I did do. Um, I definitely give back to my my alma mater, um, back to Howard. So when they send out um, they send out requests for donations I, I, I give there. I also did a special scholarship for um, a music fraternity or it's really sorority. They call it fraternity now. I don't know, but I guess because they have male honorary members, so they call it a fraternity. But I'm a member of Sigma Alpha Yoda. Um, it's, a, it's a music um, music fraternity for women. And I joined that as an undergrad at Howard Um the Delta New Chapter, which is the first Black chapter, it was it was founded in um, uh, 1965. Our our chapter, but the organization itself was founded in 1903 at the University of uh, Michigan in Ann Arbor, and so Howard was the first Black chapter in 1965. But let me go on. <laughs> um, yeah. So what I did was when I made after my first year with uh, my business. Uh, with the online retail, I reached back and I did a special scholarship. Um, it was small, but it was something um, for the the young ladies that are currently there and in school. Because I said, you know, one thing I remember from being in school, anything helped. <laughs> you know, when you were trying to buy a book or you just even just having a, a lunch for that day, um, maybe you needed as a musician you have a performance and you need, you know, stockings and to get your hair done, you know, who knows what it, it could be for a student um, that's far from home and maybe doesn't, their parents don't have a lot to be able to help them with. So I did do that. Um, I, I would like to, and I and I, and I want to do this because it's something that I, I actually, it's not my original idea, but I did see it. I think it was on the Today Show. There was a young lady who um, had a fashion business where she was able to acquire overstock from uh, and things that retailers were going to throw away or even wholesalers were going to throw away. And she was able to acquire those things um, at almost no cost or, or many times free. And what she did in turn was then just create a um, store that was just free of charge to women who um, for women who needed clothing. And so I want to do, I would love to be able to do something like that as well. So um, being able to, because fashion and the way we we dress, although it is not, um, we know that clothes don't make the person, but clothes can make you feel a whole lot better. You know, if you're, if you're able to dress the part, then maybe you can, you might get the courage to go after that particular job or get the courage to say, okay, I can go to these business meetings because I have proper um, attire to wear, Um, you know, so just looking at that down the line, that's something that I would, I would like to be able to do is, is see how to acquire those types of things and bring something like that to, to um, minority neighborhoods, because that particular program was something in New York City. So I'm thinking, um, I, I wish I would be able to do something like that in South Florida. 
Well, you guys have got the game. If we give you too much, your head may explode. Let the people, any any last words, where they can find you for business purposes, or maybe they say, you know what? We got a contract. We've been, we've been looking to see who we can give this to. Where is the best place to contact you? And, of course, the links will be in the description, people. Yeah, so um, LinkedIn is, is best. I love to connect with folks so I can see what you're doing as well. So it's not just a one-way street. So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Dr. Gosig Benova, uh, for education management consulting and, and government contracting. Again, that's evolutiontms.com. And then if you like to uh, buy some wonderful accessories like the ones I'm wearing here, uh, you can go to hopepunk.net. H-A-U-T-E-P-U-N-K dot net. Um, and you'll be able to find my accessories being sold there. So I would love to hear from you. Look forward to to uh, connecting and, and I'm excited for what, what may come. Well, you guys, those earrings is what I first saw. And I said, wow, if she makes those, the, I, I was thinking, um, Africa, you know, even though it's being made here, I was thinking Africa. Um, and I said, I, I know this is going to be a friend of mine. So you guys have gotten the game. Make sure if you do nothing else that you share this with somebody, it will change their life. Be blessed, y'all. Are you tired of the rat race in America? Are you ready to visit the motherland to relax and rejuvenate? Are you ready to explore all that Africa has to offer? Then check out the brand new Diversified Game Academy course, Prepare for My First Trip to Africa. Are you worried about being able to afford the trip? We got you. We will show you how to travel either on a budget or as a baller. Learn how to stress the value of the USD. Did you know that 100 United States dollars is worth over 1,000 South African rand or 10,000 Kenyan shillings or 54,250 West African CFA? Are you worried about taking your kids? Get the game from Kellen Cash, a bona fide world traveler, having traveled to almost 20 countries, several of those in Africa. Get the game on taking your kids on their first trips. Learn how to find the best tickets, get the visas, and plan your own adventures in Africa. Don't let Eddie Murphy have all the fun. Plan your own coming to Africa trip starring you, produced by you, and featuring you. If you are ready for a life-changing experience, sign up for our course today, Diversified Game Academy. Get prepared and purchase at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.